Hi, welcome to Harvest Church Podcast. We pray that as you listen today, you are blessed and encouraged. Thank you so much for listening in. If you want any more information about our ministry, we'd love you to jump onto our website, harvestaustralia.org. Have a great day. The Holy Spirit must go somewhere. That's this random thought that I've been having the last few weeks. And uh, Karen's been preaching the last few weeks. Hasn't it been amazing? Uh, I'm glad I'm not an insecure husband because she's, I've had so many people come up to me and say, what, that's the best sermon I've ever heard. <laughs> okay, I have been preaching a number of years myself up here. But don't worry. I think it's fantastic. And we need great, powerful women of God as much as we need great, powerful men of God, don't we? And so uh, it's been great. But, you know, when I have a couple of weeks where I'm not preaching, it's, it's great because I just get uh, tractor time where I can prepare my sermons and our lawns are looking good. You'll be glad to know. Uh, it's chaos if you don't start mowing this time of year, isn't it? It's, uh, how's your backyards looking, men and women? <laughs> it's, uh, it can be unbelievable. The growth is phenomenal. But here's the thought that's been going through my head. The Holy Spirit must go somewhere. And I want to ask this question. When we ask for him to fill us, what are we asking for? What are we actually asking for him to do? Because sometimes when we ask these big, bold questions, Holy Spirit, come and fill me. God, come this morning. Awaken us. Awaken us. And we pray this stuff and we pray send revival. And we, these amazing prayers like we sung, worshipped to this morning. What if he actually does it? What if he actually really does what we're asking for? And what I mean by that, what if he does it in a way that we don't like? What if he does it in a deep way where he asks questions of us and says, will you go there? Will you do that? Will you let go of that bitterness? Will you let go of that hurt? Will you let go of control? I had a strange encounter yesterday. It was, uh, let's call it a business transaction related to no one here. So it's a great story because no one can feel a little uneasy. So... Something had gone wrong in this thing uh, and perfectly fine in, in normal situation. But I, I went and met them and the moment I rocked up, I could tell on this guy's face, this isn't going to go well. He, he was already aggressive. Uh, and so I, I came up close and said, okay, how can, we, how can we fix this up and sort this out? And um, there was nothing I was going to say that was going to make this guy happy. He, he was bitter. And the first thought that came to me, because I wanted to fire up and defend myself as we do, and sometimes it's right to do, but I could tell this was just weird. This was just abnormally angry at, at really <laughs> a mosquito, nothing. And so uh, as soon as I saw him and I saw how aggressive he was and I heard the, mouth, the words coming out of his mouth, I thought to myself, what must have happened in this guy's life to make him so annoyed at me, a nobody, 
and a nothing situation with his kid in front of him, I'm thinking, I feel sorry for him and his kid. And so, you know, I did what I could and then left it. And so, isn't it interesting, the situations that God will put us in? We sung about awakening. We sung about revival. We say, come, fill me, Holy Spirit, and then he will send you someone. He will send you someone annoying. He will send you someone offensive. He will send you a situation where you've got to forgive that person. Maybe for the umpteen dozenth time. Just keep forgiving them. Why? Not because they deserve it, but because it's the bigger, the better, the godly thing to do. Even though our flesh really doesn't want to. And so when we're asking for Holy Spirit, he will then ask questions of us. He will say, do you really? Do you really want me to fill you? Because the first thing I'm going to do is clean you out. And this is what we've so often seen through the move of God in the last 20 or 30 years. We've seen God filling people up and, and we've experienced this as well. His fiery presence, his the baptism of the Holy Spirit or the touch of God on people's lives tangibly. And you'll see manifestations of God uh, and and. There's tangents I could take right now that I shouldn't take this morning. So keep me on track, please. Uh, someone, help me. Anyway. No, I'm going to keep to my notes. I'm going to keep to my notes. But it's one of those things we can easily get confused and go after the manifest presence of God. But then he will go deep. There's a next stage. The manifestation is just the beginning. It's just the beginning. Then he'll ask us questions. Then he'll work on us. Then he'll begin the regenerative work of the Holy Spirit. And he wants to regenerate all parts of our heart, of our soul, of our body. He wants to create in us a safe place where the Holy Spirit can reside in his temple. We are his temple. And he wants to reside with us. But I don't think he likes residing with bitterness and anger and strife and annoyance and envy and jealousy and all of these little things that we hold on to. He wants a pure vessel to flow through. And so he deals with us. And when we say, awaken me, Jesus, he says, okay, let go of that unforgiveness. And we say, send revival. And then he'll say, well, what about that scenario yesterday that you just dealt with terribly? What about with that stuff you're hanging on to for all of your life and you just won't let it go? The Holy Spirit will say, I want to awaken that before I'll awaken anything else. And we can see throughout history, the last at least 500 years, but even longer, you can see when there are moves of God, there's often repentance. Because when the Holy Spirit comes close to our flesh, when he comes close to us, he wants to clean out. He wants to clean out our hearts and revive our hearts. But he doesn't want to just build on an already fragmented foundation. He wants to clean out. And so I want to share a few things this morning that I believe the Holy Spirit consistently does do uh, or doesn't do. He won't stay stagnant. He's always on the move. Even in the back of Genesis, uh, right back at the beginning of the Bible, when we read about the Holy Spirit, what's he doing? Hovering above the sea. He's hovering. He's brooding. He's moving. He won't stay stagnant. When we ask for the Holy Spirit 
And when we believe in Jesus, we get a deposit called Holy Spirit. He is part of our triune God. We believe in God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. It's a weird faith that we have, isn't it? But all three are God in one. Powerful, powerful combination. God the Father gave us his spirit as a deposit of what is to come. And so he's always on the move. We read in Acts 2, 1 and 4. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. This is a fantastical passage because we get to hear a little bit about the moving of the Holy Spirit. The Father ordains the time. He sends his Spirit onto humanity. This is the first account. Many call this the birth of the church as we know it today because the Father sends the Spirit of God in a manifest, tangible way to humanity. They'd been waiting, they'd been praying for this Holy Spirit. They didn't know what was coming necessarily uh, for this gift. And, and here he comes in a form like a wind and then tongues of fire on the people. There's about 120 of them praying and worshipping in the upper room and down comes fire upon them. And here we see the moving of the Spirit. The Spirit of God is always on the move. And if we are filled with his spirit, he will always be moving parts around in us. He will always be doing something. He'll always be showing us something. If, if, if we've turned off from him and we begin to dial up our spirit realm, he'll begin to show us things we've never seen before. And we'll begin to hear things and we'll, begin to, we'll be able to face an aggressive person who just unjustly is doing that and we'll, we'll hear him saying, no, don't react in your normal style. <laughs> Don't give him maybe what seemingly he deserves, but go see deeper that. There's always another layer to people, isn't there? There's always another layer. It doesn't mean we have to be abused. It doesn't mean we have to just take stuff and let people sort of walk all over us, but maybe there's another way. Maybe there's a greater way. And believe me, I'm only 5% there. I use a good example. I could probably give you a couple of others you know, uh, but uh, we won't go there today because we're trying to make me look holy. Is that okay? <laughs> the Holy Spirit wants to go somewhere. He wants to do something in our lives. And there'll be opportunities this very week, I assure you, just like there will be for me, where the Holy Spirit wants to do something. He wants to transform you. He wants to transform the people around you. He wants to transform me. But he might begin with the very, very little stuff on the inside. I'm more committed to this than I've ever been in my life that some of the greatest works the Holy Spirit will do, no one will ever hear about because he'll do it deep inside of us. He'll do it deep inside of us where he will awaken something that's never been awakened before. He'll, he'll awaken us to rise up to truth of Scripture, to actually believe what's written there. The next thing he'll do is he transforms that which he possesses. Now, I want to give you the antithesis to this, if that's okay. So just bear with me because we're going to read from Mark chapter 5. I haven't got it up on the screen. But this is what the counterfeit spirit does. 
Sometimes the best way to see what the true does is look at the counterfeit, okay? And so we're going to look at the counterfeit. We're going to look at the devil, Satan, demons. What do they do when they're talking about this sort of stuff? Mark 5, chapter 1 says, They went across to the lake, the region of uh, Gerasenes. Uh, when Jesus got out of the boat, a man came uh, with an impure spirit from the tombs to meet him. This man lived in the tombs and no one could bind him anymore, not even with a chain. For he had often uh, been chained hand and foot, but he tore the chains apart and broke the irons on his feet. No one was strong enough to subdue him. Night and day among the tombs in the hills, he would cry out and cut himself with stones. This is what being filled with the devil looks like. Let's keep reading. When he saw Jesus from a distance, he ran and fell on his knees in front of him. He shouted at the top of his voice, What do you want to do with me, Jesus, son of the most high God? In God's name, don't torture me. For Jesus had said to him, Come out of this man, you impure spirit. Then Jesus asked him, What's your name? My name is Legion, he replied, for we are many. And he begged Jesus again and again not to send him out of the area. A large herd of pigs was feeding on the nearby hillside. The demons begged Jesus, send us among the pigs, allow us to go into them. He gave them permission and the impure spirits came out and went into the pigs. The herd, about 2,000 in number, rushed down the steep bank into the lake and were drowned. Interesting story. By that we can see that being filled with the demonic, being filled with an impure spirit, being filled with a, uh, a satanic spirit, if you like, a demon, will lead to death and chaos and destruction. And this man, even though he had an incredible strength, he was trying to kill himself, kill, steal, and get destroy. That's the enemy's plan for every single one of us. Steal, kill, and destroy. But then Jesus comes along and Jesus gets rid of the demons and what do they do? They have this conversation and then he sends them into the pigs and what happens? They die. This is the ultimate plan of the enemy. So if this is what happens when one man is filled with spirits from the devil, what happens when one person gets filled with Holy Spirit? With Holy Spirit. Instead of creating chaos and death, it creates life and an energy from God the Father through His Spirit when we are filled with His Spirit. And then wherever we go, instead of tearing chains and, and cutting and death and destruction and chaos, we see life and order and perfection and creation and procreation and all of these natures of God begin to take place in all of us when we are filled with the Holy Spirit. And so that's what we have to look forward to. If you have not been filled with the Holy Spirit, Karen and I have been having a discussion this week. We've been having a COVID discussion. And we've decided we want to pray for people, and but we're going to do it COVID style, okay? Not gangman style, COVID style, okay? But... Uh, for those of you who don't get that, it's just ask your kids. <laughs> yeah, okay, maybe maybe not even ask your kids. That's okay. Is that is that way too old now? Is it? Anyway. So anyway, we'll explain that in a minute. But we we want to pray for people, and we want to ask the Holy Spirit to fill you. If you've never been filled with the Holy Spirit, what do I mean by that? If you've never experienced the touch of God in your life. 
you can speak in tongues, you can prophesy, but you don't have to. <laughs> we let him do what he wants to do. And so when, when he comes into humans, it's interesting looking at the demoniac story here of Jesus casting these demons out of this man. For starters, there's a legion of them. Legion of them, 2,000 pigs. Each of them had a demon attributed to them, so at least 2,000 demons in one man. Jesus, with a word, casts them out. What authority, what power. And then he says, he's given it to us. He's given that authority and power to us. Interesting, isn't it? Luke 17. And so we, we have an attainable life force called the Holy Spirit given to us which can transform environments, transform people's lives. That's, that's what he wants to do. He wants to change atmospheres and change situations that are heading for death. They're heading for destruction and he wants to turn around and bring life. And so the last thing is he will flow through and in us. 1 Corinthians 6, 19 to 20 says, Do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you? whom you have received from God. You are not your own. You were bought at a price. Therefore, honour God with your bodies. Now, it's simple, but what he's saying is the Holy Spirit has come into, into you. Another word for it is embodiment. Normally, that's the term given when someone may have uh, evil spirits in them. They, they, they want to embody something, and that's what we see in the pigs. Spirits like to embody something. Evil spirits like to embody human beings. If they can't get to human beings, they'll get to animals. And we could go off on huge tangents there. But their first choice is to come into human beings. Why am I even saying all that? Because the Holy Spirit loves to come into human beings. He's not limited by human beings, but for some reason the Father loves you and he loves me that he lets us participate in his kingdom work. And I just sent some COVID spits all over the place. Some of you would have seen it if you're in the right light. Don't worry, it's holy, it's sanctified. It gets sanctified when it flows. Do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you receive from God? You are not your own. You were bought at a price, therefore honour God with your bodies. The temple of the Holy Spirit is a powerful, powerful thing. And when we honour him with our temple, and that, and that is not just our body, our being, our being, and let him transform every part of our life. Let him transform our speech. Let him transform our reactions. Let him transform, you know, if, if we're always carrying a grudge, he wants to get rid of the grudge. Do not live with a chip on your shoulder. He wants to work on that thing. He wants to heal you of the reason that you have the chip on your shoulder in the first place because humans weren't born with that. That's something that's happened to us over our life. And it may not have been your fault, but you still carry it. And wherever you go, you carry it with you. Today is a day to let the Holy Spirit transform that area of your life. Let it go. It's not worth it. Believe me, the poison is not good. I had some beetroot juice this morning. Some of you, if you follow my story, you would have seen that. Man, that stuff is strong. And it burns a little bit on the way down. If you've got kidney issues, don't have straight beetroot juice, by the way. But anyway, it's glorious stuff. It does wonders for your body. But interestingly enough, you can have too much of that stuff. It's powerful, powerful stuff. But just on the flip side, 
Even just a little bit of toxicity still left in our spirit, in our nature, will affect us. It will affect us and it will affect those people around us. Get rid of toxicity in your being today. Don't live one more day with that stuff. Don't live one more day with negativity. Don't live one more day with a grudge against whoever it is, even yourself. If you are a person who is always down on yourself today, let the Holy Spirit speak to you through his word. And if I can encourage you and help you, he wants to transform that side of your life. He wants to lift up your own nature into his likeness so that you see him, you see yourself how the Father sees you. He loves you. He adores you. That's why you're on this earth is because he created you for a purpose and a reason and for such a time as this. You are not a mistake. Even if your parents said you, you slipped out somewhere, we don't even know how. They know how, but you know, if you weren't planned. There's many rabbit trails today, but we're staying on track. I am working hard. Thank you. He loves you. It's the reason you're alive. And if the Father ordained that you would be here on earth and me be here on earth, then there's a reason for it. And it's so that you would know how much he loves you because if we humans can get enough of the love of God and we can understand how much he loves us because he created us for his purpose and favor and his pleasure then if we can just get a glimpse of that, all of that self-hate, self-denial, all of that uh, putting ourselves down disappears. Because let me tell you, the Father loves you. And some of you may need to remind yourself that a hundred times this very week. The Father loves you. That's why you're here. You're not a mistake. You're not an error. You're not a defect. He created you for a good purpose. Sometimes we just have to tap into that. You might just have to write that up on your mirror when you're looking at yourself and instead of finding faults, find what the Father says about you. Find what the Father's heartbeat is for you. And when we find that place, we can find security in Him. And once we've got security in Him, it really doesn't matter what anyone else says. It, because it, it's, it's like I've got the ultimate security on my side and I have an advocate on my other side. What else do you need? You're fully armed with everything you need. And then we have ministering spirits around us as well. I mean, we, we've got some pretty amazing firepower, don't we? But I just feel to encourage you, if, if you're one of those who continually gets down on yourself, get into the Father's heart for you. Read about how much the Father loves you. Because if we can capture that if we can tap into that a lot of insecurities disappear and there's a whole generation that need to discover the father's love and the father's affirmation because maybe father isn't anything maybe father's separated or maybe they're with father and mother I, I don't know it's just like it's a crazy world sometimes but the father loves you he loves you he adores you he doesn't see your faults and then he sent Holy Spirit so that we can be filled with his presence. Now, the interesting thing about being filled with his presence is some people feel something and some people don't. And it's okay. It's actually okay. I'm one of those who's not a big feeler. Karen is one of those who's an instant feeler. If we have a laying on of hand, we've had every 
man and woman of God we can possibly get lay hands on us over the last, we've been married 23 years, it's our anniversary today by the way. <laughs> Just a quick. And uh, I'm finally learning some things <laughs> after 23 years, would you believe? But anyway, um, where was I going? We have, had, we have had everyone we can possibly get lay hands on us because we believe in the power of God. We believe in impartation. We believe in being filled with the Spirit. The interesting thing is I've never fallen over or shaked or baked my whole life. Karen, on the other hand, as soon as someone even comes close to us with an anointing, she's on the floor shaking and baking. And so it doesn't matter. Either way, we're both filled with the Spirit. Sometimes we have to receive it by faith. Other times we receive it by feelings. Both are okay. And we don't judge people either way. We don't make it up in the flesh and try and flip and flop and make a deal of ourselves either. It's got to be authentic of the Spirit of God. It's not of the flesh. We're not trying to draw attention to ourselves. We're trying to get closer to Him and let Him have His way. So, would you stand with me? I'm going to ask the worship team to come up. They're going to sing that song, God of Revival. I think that's a, it's a great song. And um, I don't really use any of my notes this morning, but that's okay. <laughs> awesome, awesome, awesome. Yeah. Can I have a drink? Is that okay? Some laughing over there. Yeah. Gary, Gary, he's causing a stir. It's him. <laughs> uh, there's always a character amongst the troops, isn't there, hey? Well, let's, let's ask the Holy Spirit to come and, and uh, right where you are. You, you, he can touch you. He can fill you. If you've never experienced a touch of God, it's okay. He's not going to hurt you. He may just come and, and you might just begin to feel a little teary or shaky or whatever. It's okay. It's okay. Let God be God. We don't have to prescribe anything. But let's just let him move in this place for a couple of minutes. So Holy Spirit, we give you permission to come and fill us this morning. Maybe we've been filled a hundred times or a thousand times. It's okay. The Bible says, go on being filled with the Holy Spirit. He knows we need regular seasonal fertilization. So we say, come Holy Spirit, have your way. If there's stuff in the way, we give it over to you today. We ask for forgiveness. We forgive anyone who has held stuff against us. We let it go today. We ask you to release us from chains, release us from stuff, from baggage that we've held onto that we shouldn't have held onto. It, it, doesn't, it doesn't deserve a place in our hearts. And Jesus, we say, come, fill us this morning. <laughs>